How's it going, guys? It's me, Brandon Matula. Matula. And I'm Thomas Hicks. And today, guys, it's our sports special. Um, a little awkward of a of a drop because we usually drop on Thursdays. It is Friday evening right now. It was my birthday on Wednesday, so I got kind of tied up with that. Um, and then we knew we wanted to get an episode out. Um, but we, we were a little hesitant because... There was an NFL game last night, so we wanted to focus on that to give you guys the best quality possible. Um, but that kind of puts us in a perfect little little nook and cranny because now we have yesterday's game as well as the games to look forward to in just under 48 hours. <clears throat> so uh, kind of the best in both worlds. Um, and I'm going to let Brandon do his thing. You guys know how the Thursday, how the, uh, Thursday episodes go. Um, so that being said, Brandon, do you want to go ahead and let them know what we're getting into? Yes, yes, yes. It's another big episode. It is NFL kickoff weekend. Uh, we saw a great game last night between the Tampa Bay Bucks and the Dallas Cowboys. We'll get to that soon. And today we're going to be focusing on that game, just talking through the game and seeing if seeing our opinions and seeing if there's playoff implications, whatever. And then from there, we're going to have our expert, his second time joining us, Christian Jensen. Woo-hoo. He's going to be helping us out, uh, picking out the best teams in every division. It's going to be a blast. And then from there, we're going to talk about the Big 12 expansion. That was really big. That The news broke this morning that uh, Houston, Cincinnati, BYU, and UCF will be joining the Big 12 possibly as soon as 2024. So oh, shoot. it's pretty exciting stuff. But uh, And then from there, we'll transition to – pop culture tommy what do we got in pop culture today so not much in pop culture uh two albums have uh, come out this weekend that we will talk about and kind of give our opinions on but not much uh not much leading into tuesday as well uh but there is a lot coming up in october so it's going to be kind of the calm before the storm because come october we're going to have so much to talk about so yeah just kind of going through uh the two albums um just talking about that talking about what we've been listening to lately and then uh, that'll kind of allude to thir- uh, Tuesday's episode. Um, so without further ado, we're going to get right on into that. Uh, but first, we just want to say thank you. Thank you guys so much for just uh, tuning in and just listening to our opinions, like we always say. But uh, it's truly a blessing that we get to do this for fun. Like we truly do enjoy this. And y'all listening to our content just makes us want to do it even more. So thank you so much. Mm-hmm. But Let's get right into it. So we're going to start things out with that game last night. Oh, yeah. Tampa Bay, the Super Bowl champs, and the Dallas Cowboys. It was a pretty incredible game. Uh, It was won by a field goal pretty much. Mm -hmm. Cowboys won 30 – no, not the Cowboys. The Buccaneers won 31-29. to And there's a lot of controversy in this one. And we'd like to bring on – reintroduce our guest christian jensen how are you doing i'm doing well (laughs) that's good to hear uh what were your thoughts of last night's game um i i thought it was a really good game it was probably there couldn't have been a better way to kick off the season um i think that both quarterbacks performed really well uh, and especially the receivers i mean they they stepped up like we thought they would um, maybe even exceeding our expectations, uh, especially on fantasy. 
Um, but I think the Cowboys kicker um, really kind of screwed the team. <laughs> that he left up seven yeah, points. He, he, he let yeah he left up seven whole points. That's a that's a touchdown and an extra point on the. He left that off the board. Um, and <laughs> let's see. I think I think Dak. The big the biggest story of this game was Dak Prescott coming back after eleven months of not playing football at all, and I mean throwing nearly sixty times and being very efficient with the ball. Uh, he. I mean he he played like. Almost, almost like a MVP like quarterback, Ooh. I would say. Okay. Uh, I would say. Yeah, right? Or, th- or was it three? Yeah. It was four. Four? Yeah, three. Okay, let's let's read off the stats. Okay, so he went 42 58, 403 yards, three touchdowns, one wow. interception. Gosh. That's, that's, that's a, ridiculous. That is a great comeback game. So, Christian. Does this game have any playoff implications down the road? Do you think it just has to do with one team or both? Um, here I'll just I'll start with the Bucks. Um, I I'd say they really got bailed out in a too many ways in this game. They really mm-hmm. shouldn't have won, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, the offense played great, they but they could have been a lot better. Uh, there were some blown calls, uh, some v- pretty obvious ones. There was one near the end that was really controversial that we can get into later. But, um, uh, I mean, the Cowboys kicker obviously bailed them out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom Brady, he had a few mistakes. He, yeah, he threw two picks, um, missed some throws. He, I mean, he did have some dimes though. Like he, he showed like, hey, I'm 44, but I'm still playing like I'm 24. Yeah. Um, but I'd I'd say the Bucks are yeah they're not going seventeen to zero this season. Ooh. Um, yeah. I don't, I really don't think that's realistic for them. Of course, I think they're gonna win twelve games, twelve plus games. Yeah. Um, but they were a little rusty this this week. Yeah. Yeah, and I agree with that. Um. <clears throat> Yeah, I think they'll be a playoff team, but I think it'll be similar to last year. I think injuries might get him, but we'll have to see with that. But uh, so, do you think like there's been a lot of talk always about the Cowboys fans always going, "It's our year, we're going to the Super Bowl." What do you realistically what What do you think of the Cowboys? Do you think they're the best in their division this year? I think if their offense stays healthy, they could win the division just with their offense. Alone, mm-hmm. um, but their defense could really hold them back. Uh, yeah, but and that, and that's why Washington is such a threat. Yeah, Washington could end up winning the division again just because their defense was so dominant. And yeah. now they have multiple quarterbacks, you know, as options. Um, mm-hmm. And you have Ryan Fitzmagic um, <laughs> as a as an option. Uh, I mean, being a vet- a veteran, uh, being on a on a new team for him a team where he can possibly feel like, hey, like, you know, I can get comfortable here. This can be my team. I can lead them and maybe go win my first playoff game. Yeah. Or even even play in my first playoff game. Yeah. Um, 
So I think Washington is a safe bet this year to win the division again. But the Cowboys, their offense could be so so dominant. Um so I I really think it's it's an it's it's kind of a tie between Washington and Dallas right now. Uh yeah. I don't think the Eagles I mean, if Jalen Hurts develops into a superstar, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the Eagles offense has resources. Yeah. Um, but and then we could just forget and we could just ride off the Giants. <laughs> yeah. Daniel Jones is just not the not right guy. He's just not that guy. He's not that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's led the league in turnovers since he's been in the league. Yeah. So, but, uh, but moving forward with uh, just about this game, I just really think this game was a great opener for the NFL. Like, it, yes, it really slapped. Like, it was a great game. I feel like a lot of people were watching it, especially mm-hmm. around here because we're in Texas, you know, and Texas. Yeah. Over half of Texans are going to watch, uh, not the Houston Texans, but the Cowboys. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and so, well, even America too, like America's team, you know. So yeah. it's like. Um, one thing I will say, Brandon, <clears throat> about this game, just to give you my input, is I, you, I don't know if you guys remember when that reporter asked Russell West, uh, Westbrook, he was like, "So did the Jazz win this game or did the Thunder lose this game?" And he was like, "Bro, what are you talking about?" And he was like super <laughs> ticked off. I, I honestly think that's like a pretty good question, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like as a reporter, and I, I would say because that's how I, when I'm when if you were to ask me like, what are your thoughts on this game, I would say. Did, you know, I would ask you, did the Cowboys lose this game or did the Bucks win it? And it was the Cowboys lost this game because I honestly, yeah. truthfully think they thought that they had it and that they were hungrier and that they wanted it more. But, I I mean, it's hard to pin it all on the kicker because it's a team sport. Um, but I think, I think the Cowboys lost this game. A lot of – another thing I want to say, a, a name that I didn't hear that was meant – or that name that wasn't mentioned was Amari Cooper. Yeah. I heard he uh, – I heard. I mean, I, I saw glimpses of it too last night when I was watching. But all on TikTok and Instagram, it's like Amari Cooper is up next. He is that guy. So it's like, I don't know what. What do you guys think as as far as last night Amari Cooper goes? What do you, you guys thinking? Amari um, Cooper. He. I mean, he says he's a top ten receiver. Um, he doesn't talk too much apparently, <laughs> but I mean. This season can really prove that. I mean, he's been consistent. He's a consistent 1,000-yard receiver. He's a consistent number one receiver on each team, each offense he's been on. Um, yeah. I I think, yeah, he can make a case for being a top 10 receiver. Talent-wise, yes, he is. Um, yeah. And, oh, yeah, I also want to mention, like, C.D. Lamb. Um, he played really well. He had, yeah. a, he had a drop, though, that was, you know, really questionable, but. Yeah. yeah, and he ended up. Yeah, he in, inadvertently though he ended up hurting one of the Tampa Bay uh, defensive backs with that nasty elbow injury. That was, gosh, that was hard to watch. Did y'all see that? I don't think I saw that. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was hard, kind of hard to miss. But man, oh man, it was bad. Go see it. Oh, yeah, I was. You have a stomach I, I wasn't paying too much attention. But, there. but yeah, from there. I think we can all agree that this was a great opening game. Great for yes. the NFL. Mm-hmm. Really great for the NFL because uh, viewership was kind of down last year, obviously, because of COVID and mm-hmm. less people had uh, money to buy red zone and stuff, you know, and just, you know, it was just uh, not as good. Like it, 
like the ratings were low, but this year I have high hopes that the ratings are going to shoot back up. There's a lot of exciting stuff going on this year, and a lot of guys are coming back healthy. There were a lot of injuries last year. We forget about that. We was hurt, and then his tight end and Christian, you can finish it off. Who's the 49ers tight end? Oh, yeah, George Kittle. <laughs> George Kittle and then uh, Nick Bosa on that team. And ju- that's just the 49ers. But, like, there were a lot of injuries last year and a lot of COVID cases that stopped games. And it, it seems that we're going to be seeing a lot less of that because of vaccinations and uh, the new protocols for the NFL. Yeah, so, I mean, the 49ers were, are one COVID season away from yeah. their Super Bowl appearance. Yeah, absolutely. And – uh though it's just very telling that this season is going to be very exciting and like the all in my opinion i think there's only going to be two bad teams this year really bad going to be the lions and the texans those are the only two teams that are just going to be unwatchable but i think even what about the jets or sorry not the jets the uh the giants i think the giants are even fun to watch because they got say quan barkley you know okay he's fun to watch and because everybody, it seems that every team now has a big name, you know. And it's I mean, just Davis fun. Davis Mills on uh, <laughs> the Texans. <laughs> or... <laughs> yeah, Wait, man, so exciting. Davis Mills, the goat. <laughs> but, Who's uh, their first draft pick? So, <laughs> yeah. Needless to Frank say, like, needless to say that this uh, opening Thursday night football game was exciting, and we'll get into more games that will be exciting this Sunday and Monday coming up but uh we're gonna move on to our next segment which is centered around christian our guy mm-hmm. he's our nfl expert and we're just gonna be asking him questions about pretty much every division he kind of alluded to it er- earlier with the nfc uh nfc east but now he's gonna do it the whole wide scale mm-hmm. christian since you're doing this conference would you rather start with afc or nfc oh we can start with afc sweet sweet okay this one's pretty tough we'll start with a tough one we'll we'll start with the afc east we start with the buffalo bills led by uh josh overrated allen yeah josh overrated allen forgot his name for a second and then miami <laughs> with uh two two attack of below <laughs> Uh, New England Patriots with a brand new quarterback, Mac Jones. They just cut Cam Newton. That was pretty huge. And then Texans the Jets. To pick him up. And then a rebuilding Jets team. Christian, out of these teams that you've heard here, who comes out on top and why? Oh, yeah, obviously the Bills. But uh, I think the wild card playoff spot. I mean, the Bills are going to probably snatch the first first round bye, um, in my opinion. But I think the Dolphins and the Patriots are going to fight for the wild card spot. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a good assessment. But a, a, a powerhouse house conference for the AFC. But oh, not yeah, as even much. the Jets. Yeah. The Jets are yeah. really – they're going to be very good this season. Yeah. But not as much as the AFC North, including Cincinnati led by Joe Bureau, Cleveland led by Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham Jr., and – Baker Mayfield, then Pittsburgh with Big Ben, my team with Chase Claypool and Najee Harris at running back, and then the TikToker, 
Juju Smith-Schuster. And then Tommy's favorite team, the Baltimore Ravens, led by uh, former running back Mark Ingram. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Christian, uh, this is this because Tommy and I are fan, both fans of teams in this division. Who do you see coming out on top? Um, this one is really tough. Uh, I mean, injuries have been hitting the Ravens right now. Uh, I don't think it'll affect them, I mean, a crazy amount because they're picking up some pretty good running backs. And, you know, Latavius Murray, like Latavius Murray played on the 2016 Raiders as their lead back. Mm-hmm. That year the way, they went 12-4, and four, and that was their only winning season in, since 2002. So, um, yeah. And they've also picked up uh, Royce Freeman, I mean, I mean, Dante Freeman, and then Le'Veon Bell. And I, I mean, I think they can really fill that gap at running back. Um, they should be a really, a really, really good team. I think they can make the playoffs if if things pan out right. If they can fill those yeah. holes, um, yeah. And if they can find another the cornerback because Marcus Peters is also out. Mm-hmm. So, um, the Bengals. I mean, they've they've got to really fix the issue on the O line. Uh, they've got a, a, they've got four holes on the other line, really. <laughs> so, they they they've got to figure that out. Um, and you know Jamar Chase is still adjusting. Yeah. And he, I mean he's he's like their number four receiver right now. Dang. After being the fifth overall pick. <laughs> yeah, I'm starting to think that pick was a reach. <laughs> yeah. But and, uh. So they could have you... snatched Sewell. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's who they should have taken. So who do you have at the top taking it all in this division? I have to go with the Browns. Yeah. I think that's a safe that's a safe bet. Yeah. I would I mean... say I would say Baltimore. I feel like you would say Baltimore if they didn't have all those injuries with Dobbins and then their mm. or their defensive back. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but the Browns, they're just the most solid team in the division right now, overall, yeah. across the board. Yeah. Um, and they have a proven scheme now. Um, all these other teams are constantly adjusting. Uh, I mean, even the Steelers right now, mm-hmm. uh, they're adjusting as Ben gets older and as their O-line <laughs> constantly is, you know, changing. But... Uh, I think the Browns, they're they're just they've proven now that they can win, and they're returning almost everybody on offense and defense. Yeah, um, and Baker is just—he's only getting better. Yeah. Sweet. Okay. Um, and then to the AFC South, including the Tennessee Titans, who made a lot of moves this offseason, lots and lots of moves, including landing Julio Jones. That was a big move. And then the Indianapolis Colts, who lost their quarterback in Carson Wentz, that they just signed to a deal. He'll be out for a while and be interesting to see what happens there. And then Jacksonville, uh, they had the number one overall pick in Trevor Lawrence and uh, have a new coach in Urban Meyer. So that'll be fun to watch. And then uh, the Texans. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like this one will be a little bit easier. But uh, Christian, who do you have coming Um, out on top? I mean, if 
if Carson Wentz can play week one, he might be able to. Um, but, I mean, if he if Carson Wentz can play like an MVP, I mean, they could win the division. They have a way better defense than the Titans. Um, yeah. But right now, I'd, I'd have to go with the Titans. Uh, it's just a more obvious pick. Um, their offense is just so – you can't you can't really defend that offense. You've all across the board. Um, you've got too much to take care of and process. And you know, obviously, you've got AJ Brown and Julio on either side of the field. And how can you defend that? You've already got to double cover Julio. Yeah. So. Gosh. Yeah, they're gonna be incredible. That'll be exciting to watch. And then to cap off the AFC the AFC West. This one may be easy, but uh, yeah, who do you have on top? And then I want you to say this, but I'll let you say it if you want to. Who do you, who do you think could be a sleeper in this division? Um, I'm Obviously, it's the Chiefs that will win this division. Um, But the sleeper, this is actually pretty difficult because I mean, the Raiders, their offense is just always proving to, to you know, do well. Except for, you know, their O-line is never consistent. Um, in 2016, they had a top four O-line. But every other year has has been not even top 20. Yeah. Um, and their defense hasn't been top 20 at all in the past, like, five years. Um, and it's still – not going to be top 20 this year. Yeah. But but their car is just constantly putting out elite numbers and proving that he can he can be a top 10 quarterback. Um but the Chargers right now um I wouldn't say the Chargers because right now they're sw- they just switched play callers. Um and so, so you're thinking that it might affect Justin Herbert's second season? Mm, and, of course, there can always be a sophomore slump, but Justin Herbert's going to be – hes I mean, he's already proven he's really good. Um, but when you change play callers and your O-line switches up, um, I mean, you really never know what can happen. Um, you see how much an O-line can affect the team, um, especially a young quarterback. Uh, but I right now, I mean, if if I would say the Broncos are the sleeping <clears throat> because only because if Teddy Bridgewater, if he plays like like he did on the Saints and in in Minnesota, uh, I mean they have a really good defense. They've got a good O line. They've got pass catchers. Um. I would have to go with the Broncos. Nice. Okay, okay. So what was the team you were hoping, I would say? Yeah. I was kind of hoping the Chargers, but you kind of gave me a good reason why they they wouldn't. And that makes sense. They have a new play caller, so so that's good. So all around, Chris. Yeah. I will say that, like, that's I would only say the Broncos, though, if Teddy Bridgewater. It's all it all depends on Teddy Teddy Bridgewater. I mean the Chargers are they they've got a good defense. Mm-hmm. Um the only things that have changed are the O line and the play callers. Yeah. So 
Yeah, absolutely. So in whole, you picked Buffalo, Cleveland, Tennessee, NFC. I think those are we picked. And switching over to the NFC to wrap things up in this segment. We'll start with the NFC. Uh, top. On top right now. Um, including the Giants, the Eagles, Washington, and Dallas. So go through each division? Uh, yeah, we're going through each football team and the Cowboys. Who do you think is coming out on top in that? Um, I would have to go with the Cowboys. Um, and that's that's only based on the offense. I mean, the defense can put itself together eventually. Uh, mm-hmm. but if if the Washington offense can't put itself together, um, at quarterback especially, um, which they, I mean, but they're a safe bet to win. But if the Cowboys, if they have, you know, a top three offense um, like they have before, I think they could win this division. Yeah. And let's remember something like the Washington football team had a, uh, what do you call it, had a QB come in for the playoff game. And the Washington football team, correct me if I'm wrong, closest team to beating yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's that's a cool tidbit so that speaks a lot to you how good they could be this year. But uh, we move to the yeah. NFC North. Christian, I know you have some thoughts about this, but uh, here we go. We got Chicago led by Anthony Dalton and possibly later Justin Fields at Detroit Lions. They just traded uh, Jared Goff. Um, we'll have to see how he does this year for the Lions. And then Green, it's win or die, or not win or die, for the <laughs> for the Green Packers. And see how he does this year. And then the Minnesota Vikings. Who do you have coming out on top? Um, I mean, obviously, you could go with the Packers. Um, they really didn't lose anybody this offseason. Uh, so, except for Jamal Williams. Um, and a couple of backups on the defensive line. But, I mean, they should win 12 games. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if things pan out right. But yeah. I think the uh, a sleeper for the wild card, the wild card spot, because, I mean, the Packers should be competing for the first round bye. But a sleeper for the wild card spot is definitely the Vikings. Like last year, they were COVID wrecked and you know injury throttled but this season I mean Kirk Cousins is proven to be consistent um Justin Jefferson is off coming off of you know the greatest rookie season ever arguably um so I think if the Bears obviously could take that wild card spot but the sleeper is definitely the Vikings I will say, as far as the Packers go, I've been thinking about this a lot uh, coming up to this season. 
Um, but I, I think the pressure is too strong because of Aaron Rodgers and, and because the Packers, you're right, Brandon, it's do or die. Um, mm-hmm. and, the, and I think the pressure is way too strong. And if, if history repeats itself, they, they fold under pressure. I don't think that they – I do think they, that they come out on top of the NFC North, but I, I just don't see them going crazy far after that. Yeah. So I think I, – I, I think it could low key be the Vikings, but I don't know. Just that's I, I, predi- I wouldn't say that's a bad prediction. The like, pressure is just too high for the Packers. That's all I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, I could see the Vikings taking it over the Packers. It just depends how they respond to the pressure because usually the Packers coast through the season, you know, and they just do well, and then the pressure goes up in the postseason and they fold. This season, though, the regular season is even uh, high stakes for them. They need to get a good playoff spot so they can avoid the Buccaneers as long as they can. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. we'll have to see what happens from there. But uh, speaking of the Buccaneers, we're going to be going to the NFC South. This one might be pretty easy. There's really not a strong quarterback in sight. Besides Tom Brady in this conference, you got the Tampa Bay Bucks, Super Bowl mm-hmm. champs, uh, Atlanta Falcons, who just made a big trade, sending Julio to the Titans. Interesting trade there. And then New Orleans just lost Drew Brees. Tough loss for them, but a great career for him. We'll have to see where they go from here. And then the Carolina Panthers, who are getting Christian McCaffrey back. That's going to be fun and great for fantasy. Yeah. But uh, Christian, so who do you have coming out on top there? All biases aside. <laughs> um, I mean, the Buccaneers, Yeah, I would say. But, I mean, the Panthers, they could, they're could they a sleeper right now. Um, and, of course, the Saints, if Jameis Winston performs like an MVP, like he, ha- he has before, um, yeah. performed very well. I mean, throwing for 5,000 yards, rather, I mean, regardless of the 30 interceptions, 5,000 yards is 5,000 yards. Yeah. Um, but the Panthers, Sam Darnold is a good quarterback, and I think under the right, under the right coach and the right scheme, uh, the Panthers could snatch that wild card spot. Nice. Okay. I like the sound of that. But uh, let's wrap things up with the NFC West. This, I would say, this is the equivalent to the AFC North. I feel mm-hmm. like the AFC North is the most stacked division in the AFC, and then the NFC West is the most stacked. This is a oh, tough yeah. one. Because this has got to be the best division in the NFL. Yeah, Ooh. the Rams, I mean, they got Matthew Stafford. You've praised him highly mm-hmm. uh, in the past. And then you got Arizona, who made tr- big trades this summer, including getting J.J. Watt. I know he's old, but like still you're getting J.J. Watt. That's huge. And then San Francisco's getting their boys back. It, uh, the ones they lost to injury, and then Seattle is coming in too. Can't forget about them. Christian, this is a tough one, but who do you have coming? Um, I would say because of the 49ers quarterback situation, I'd say the Rams win the division, wow. and that's if Matthew Stafford performs like we expect him to. Yes. Um. Because the Rams are coming off the number one defense, you know, in the entire NFL last season. Uh, yeah, and you know they they were able to win a playoff game with with a backup quarterback. Um, 
or no, they they won week seventeen, and half of the game was they started the backup quarterback, and then he got hurt, and Jared Goff came back in, <laughs> and Jared Goff was hurt. So, yeah, yeah, that was a that was a mess. They almost won again. Um, so I think I think the Rams could could win thirteen games. Mm-hmm. Um, I think most people's predictions are twelve or thirteen games. Yeah, yeah, I think. A lot of people were thinking they're going to go to the Super Bowl this season. They think they're going to be able to host, which will be interesting. That will be the second year in a row a team hosts a Super Bowl pretty much. So that's very cool. But, uh, yeah, great picks overall, Christian. So the review he picked out of the NFC. He picked Dallas out of the NFC East. He picked Green Bay in the NFC North, Tampa Bay in the South, and then the Rams in the NFC West. Thank you, Christian, once again. And uh, we're just looking forward to a big season. Uh, so just be looking forward to uh, more NFL co- t- content as we go through the season. But uh, mm-hmm. make sure to watch games and just comment or send us a DM of a game that you might want us to talk about, maybe on Tuesday or Thursday. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Up yeah. to y'all. But we're going to transition to college sports now. There was breaking news this morning. The Big 12 decided to send out invites to the University of Houston, UCF Knights, Cincinnati, and then BYU. Mm -hmm. Very, very interesting move from the Big 12. Uh, Christian, just in uh, a few words, uh, what were your initial thoughts when the Big 12 did this? Um. I honestly thought they could have added Boise State in. Ooh, yeah, um, yeah. But I think this is nice because Bo- Boise State can stay the the greatest group of five team of all time. So that's yeah. cool for them. Uh but this is this is just excellent for the Big Twelve. Uh well I I don't know. Losing Texas and OU is not very excellent at all. Yeah. But, but it, they're is... good I, I talked about this on uh, another podcast with uh, my partner at uh, Relevant, um, we we came to the conclusion that it's not a great move, but it is a good move. It it's a good replacement. Like four four of these teams, they're good replacements, but they're not great because they will never mm-hmm. equate to what t- Texas and OU can bring you financially. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is the best they the best move they could have made. After losing Texas and OU um, yeah. in the future, yeah. So, Do you think that te- the Big Twelve stays afloat and they remain at Power Five conference? I think they can because uh, those team, those four teams individually, could have joined other Power Five conferences. Yeah, uh, in my opinion, uh, even even Cincinnati. Cincinnati's historically has proven to be a very good team. Um, yeah. And now their coach is amazing. Their their team is amazing. Uh, so, I mean, they're they're just heading upwards. So it's a great move, uh, yeah. as far as team choices. Um, so uh, I think the Big Twelve could. I mean, they could they could stay a Power Five conference, really. Yeah. But. Um, they're they're probably going to be the out of the out of the five. They're going to be. You know, bottom two, yeah, bottom two, um, yeah. So, but they're. I they're think I still be. think they'd be better than the Pac-12. 
that's just oh yeah, me. of course. Uh, the Pac-12, it's just it's full of big name schools, of course. But I mean, in the last twenty or thirty years, they had, I mean, it's been three or four teams that have done most of the work. Yeah, for, yeah, football is just not the same out west. But uh, what mm-hmm. were you gonna say? For for myself, I think this is cool for Chris and I because we're both members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but we're also both from Houston. So uh, the Cougar rivalry is very strong in our heads. Mm-hmm. You know, do we go for U of H? Do we go for BYU? Because, you know, we love our church and we love our city. So it's like tough. Uh, why I'm excited you, I kind of saw this coming with U of H. They, they're getting better and better um, at football every year. You know, and some especially years basketball. Have, oh yes, absolutely, especially ba- especially with basketball. But like with football too, I've noticed. And yeah, they have they've had some slump years, but it, in in general, like they've been getting better and better every year. Would you say that? Would you agree with that, Brandon? Yeah. So Across like we the kinda, board, yes. Like yeah. if you just look over the years, yes, they've improved, but they've kind of fallen off a tiny bit. But yes, there's still there's still room for success for the Cougs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like yes, exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. So like that being said, I kind of saw this coming with mm-hmm. U of H, but I really didn't see it coming with BYU. And it's it excites me because it kind of puts BYU on the map. Um you know, BYU, Jimmer Fredette. Before there was Steph Curry, there was Jimmer Fredette. Arguably the greatest, arguably and probably the greatest college basketball player of all time. Mm-hmm. Like, his stats were just incredible. And he, he did a great job of putting BYU on the map. Um, but, and then, I mean, you have, like, Jamal Williams is from BYU. And uh, Yoli Childs on the Wizards, he's from BYU. And then... So like you have you have people from BYU, but like this is going to be huge because every year people kind of count out BYU and rightfully so the past couple of years because they haven't been super great. But like being now in the Big start, Twelve, yeah, like BYU is going to be a household name now, and that excites me because you know I I love BYU. It's a, it's the school I've been like when I played NCAA football, I'd always choose to go to BYU, and it was just it's just cool to see how they're kind of getting more recognition, and I, I think that's also going to help with their recruiting, which is the hardest, which is their biggest Achilles. That's their Achilles heel. They need to start recruiting outside of Utah, outside of Utah. Like they need to start recruiting in bigger States, Texas, California, uh, Florida, Georgia. They need to start recruiting in bigger football States. Um, And I think this is going to help a lot because a lot of people are going to want to go there now. So yeah, that's, that's my two cents. That's Thomas's two cents on, on BYU and U of H joining the Big Twelve, I think this is excellent for BYU. It's cool. It's gonna it's gonna be hard because they're probably gonna they might end up being one of the worst teams in the Big Twelve for the mm. for, for the first couple of years. But when they find their bearings and they start doing well, like I think it's gonna be so much fun. And it's it just it just excites me to see, you know, BYU kind of on the map now. Like they they've been on the map with Jimmer and Jamal Williams and uh, other you know Yoli Child Yoli Childs and then uh, Steve Young. Like they, they've had a lot of successful athletes come out of BYU, but this is like the biggest since those guys because it's been a while. And then, and then Zach Wilson this year. Yeah. How how could I not mention Zach Wilson? Yeah, but, you're gonna get more Zach Wilsons out of it, more Steve mm-hmm. Youngs. I think it's gonna be a great move for y'all. And then one thing I'd like to point out, I think the best. I think because a lot of people are talking and saying like, well, BYU is not gonna be great in the conference. 
yes, that might be kind of true. And mm-hmm. yes, I agree. They'll get their bearings. But I think the way the Big 12 was thinking was attendance because yeah. like Tommy and I went to this game uh, well, yeah. and, and we didn't know it, but Houston played BYU a few years back and U of H was constructing their new stadium. So they had to play at an NRG, mm-hmm. a much bigger stadium than they're used to. So they obviously didn't feel it. But in this game in particular, a lot of BYU fans came. And it was I, would, like I would a- argue 59%. If not, maybe 60, yeah. 61. Like, there were a lot more BYU fans than U of H, which is crazy. Yeah. And that just shows they're ev- like Mormons, they're everywhere, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and especially in these big cities, uh, such as Houston and then Fort Worth with TCU, Waco. Yeah. And then you got uh, Florida. There's probably a good amount of people in Florida. So it's going to be a great move all around for BYU because it's going to help ticket sales. But, uh, yeah, that's that's our thoughts on the matter. Uh, let us know what y'all think about it. Uh, we're excited because I'm a Houston fan. There, Tom, Tommy and Christian are BYU fans, so that's just great stuff for us. Great news. I was very happy to wake up this morning to that notification. But yeah. uh, but then but now we're just going to go through some big games coming up this weekend, and then we'll wrap things up here for. Uh, uh, hot this week sports edition. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start out with two college football games. And for college football, this is going to be the game of the week. It's between Iowa and Iowa State. This game is going to be huge. Uh, Iowa State's coming off of barely winning against Northern Iowa. But regardless, they're the number nine team in the country still. And then Iowa coming off a big, big win over Indiana at home. And uh, Christian, uh, just real, uh, just to get it through, who do you see winning, and uh, what's your score prediction? Um, uh, I think this is really cool that this rivalry is a top ten matchup this year. Um, and it's on College Game Day. Uh, they'll be hosting it. Uh, so nice. I would I would say if if Iowa State's offense can't get going. Um, Iowa, Iowa can can really get it going on offense, uh, yeah. and their defense isn't bad. Um, I'd say my score prediction is Iowa twenty eight, Iowa State uh, seventeen. Nice. Okay, Tommy, do you got a score prediction? Um, I would say Iowa fourteen, Iowa State thirty five. I think Iowa. Wow. State- I think Iowa State creams them. I've said it before. I'll say it a billion times. I know I sound like a broken record, but, like, I'm telling you, man, if you've ever seen Iowa State in person, and, and I was at that Baylor game, and they went back and back and forth and back and forth and barely lost last play of the game. Like, this Iowa State team, they're not yet, but they will be very legit in a couple of years. Like, I predict that they will be in the same – name in the same breath as like not Alabama and Clemson but as like LSU Texas A&M maybe Florida uh and it, and it already seems and that prediction is kind of coming true they're number mm-hmm. nine right now and yep. they played in the big 12 championship against Oklahoma so that's looking to come true yeah so, yeah I think stuff on I'm, your part thank you I will say that like yeah I just think the reason I think Iowa pulls this out I mean, I'm really sold on Brock Purdy. I think he could be a first-round draft pick. Um, wow. 
if if he can if he can really get it going this year. Um, yeah. If not, then he might not even get drafted. Yeah. Um, Just the problem is Iowa State likes to run the football a lot, and which mm-hmm. is why I made this. Oh, they have the best running back in the country. Yeah. That's why I made this game mm-hmm. lower scoring than I would usually pick. I have Iowa beating Iowa State twenty eight to twenty. Wow! Uh, I just think Iowa is just hot right now. They just beat a number nineteen team in Indiana, who was supposed to be really good this year, and they creamed them. They scored two times defense defensively. You got two pick sixes last week, and so I think they don't do the same. But their defense is very prominent in this game, so they only allow twenty points against Iowa State. Oh, yeah. And Iowa State, they always – okay, the past five years, they've done really, really well. Histori- like, compared to the their history, Iowa State's history has been horrible. <laughs> but the past five years, they've had winning seasons. And last year, they went 9-3. and three. So, the mm-hmm. past three years, they've been in the playoff conversation um, the first half of the year. But yeah. because their team is so legit. But they set themselves up for these really big games. Like, they'll start out 4-0 and and then be playing in a top-10 matchup or something like that. And then they, they completely just fall apart on offense. Yeah. But, yeah, good point, good point. But uh, moving on, we got uh, Oregon versus Ohio State. It's going to be played in the horseshoe Ooh. on the campus of Ohio State. Ohio State's number three going into this game, and then Oregon's number 12. Uh, really quickly, uh, Christian, who do you have winning this game? Um, I'd say Ohio State. Um, they're, they're just too dominant on yeah on the offense their defense is not proven very much at all uh and so i think this could be a kind of a high scoring game but i think ohio state pulls it out nice um, so I, i'd say my score prediction is uh ohio state 35 uh oregon 32 nice okay close game tommy who do you got that's funny because i i'm going with my upset of the week Mm. Oregon beating Iowa, uh, Ohio State. Um, I don't know, man. I, I well, I kind of know, but I, I just think Oregon's legit. I think Iowa State is extreme. Oh, gosh, I keep saying Iowa State, Iowa, Ohio, same exact pronunciations. But um, <laughs> Ohio State, they're also very legit. You know, obviously you're ranked third and incredible recruiting. But Oregon has a lot riding on this game and they know that when Oregon it's been proven when Oregon comes prepared they usually come out on top like when Oregon knows what they're getting themselves into they usually can have a pretty good game so I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Oregon 42 Ohio State 32 nice Oregon by 10 nice okay well I have I kind of have the opposite of both of y'all pretty much uh I have Ohio State winning, and I have them winning in big fashion. I think it's – I mean, it's their first game home, and not a lot of teams come out of the horseshoe victorious. Uh, and the teams that have won, they've been great. So I say Ohio State wins 38-14. to 14. But uh, moving on to our NFL slate, we, it's opening weekend. We're very excited for that. We'll start out with a little more of a low-key game, but uh, exciting because it's a new team. In the Rams, they got a new quarterback in Matthew Stafford. And then the Bears, uh, led by Dalton for now, but it might change. But uh, Christian, who do you have winning this game? Oh, I'm not say if Matthew Stafford can throw for 400 yards, they're definitely going to win because <laughs> yeah. he does that almost every week, it seems like. Um, 
especially, you know, when, when he had Calvin Johnson for the Lions. But now, I mean, Calvin Johnson was like his only good receiver other than Marvin Harrison. Yeah. Um, but so now he's got a solid receiving core, a, a pretty decent O-line. Uh, now he's got Sony Michelle and Darrell Henderson. He's got a solid run game, solid receivers, pretty solid O-line. Um, and, the number one, and the number one defense. So, like, what can go wrong? Um, so who do you have winning? Oh, yeah. Uh, definitely the Rams. But I'd say if Dalton can utilize this great, you know, a pretty, okay, a young, really young offensive line, but a pretty pretty great offense uh, otherwise, um, I'd say the score prediction, I'd say um, Rams 35, uh, Bears 28. Nice. Okay. Tommy, who do you got? Yeah, I'm I'm actually on the same page as Christian. I, I don't I think the Rams do win, but I don't think they kill them. I do not. Yeah. Um I think they win by ten. Once again, same thing with Oregon and Ohio State. I think the Rams they cut they do come out on top, you know, but it's a, it's gonna be a tough game for the Rams. I really do believe that. Uh so that being said, I got them thirty two twenty two. Wow. Okay, interesting score. <laughs> yeah, I like we're gonna that. see Lots how that vehicles. happens, but <laughs> I guess we'll find out. <laughs> but uh or possibly mix missed extra points, but that's uh, from what there. I, yeah, that's what but I'm yeah, going. I have uh, I have the Rams taking this one, but I I agree. I don't think this is going to be a blowout. Mm-hmm. I think the Rams pull out twenty four to sixteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Stafford does well on his debut, but they struggle a little bit because it's a new team, you know. So yeah. they're going to struggle a little bit. But uh, next we got a rematch of last year's. Uh, conference semifinal between the Browns and the Chiefs. Christian, who do you got in this game? Um, absolutely the Chiefs. They're just on opening day, they just they know how to come out strong. Yeah, they, they this is in Airhead Stadium, right? Oh yeah, it's it's a home game for them. Um, the Browns don't have history on their side. Uh they're 1 in 15 in their last 16 home openers and playing the Chiefs is probably not Mentally, you know, the best thing for them. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you have for the score? Chris? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The Chiefs, 42. Wow. Uh, yeah. Browns, 28. Wow. High scoring. Tommy, who do you got? Um, Chris and I are just – I guess we're just on the same page tonight because I'm also with Chris again. I think Browns come in this game way too confident. Uh, Baker overrated Mayfield just completely <laughs> throw. Throws the ball out of the freaking park, uh, not in a good way. So, uh, <laughs> I, I yeah, I think the Browns come in this game way too confident. Um, and we know what the Chiefs are capable of, so I'm going 48-13 Chiefs. Wow. Gosh, a blowout. My goodness. Yep. Well, yeah, I, I, I agree with both of y'all. So, I got uh, the Chiefs. Great points, by the way. I got the Chiefs winning this one 35-20. Oh. Th- think uh, – Patrick Mahomes comes out slinging it. Oh, yeah. I'm excited yeah, to see that because he's hungry. Yeah, it. I mean, like if whether you're Chiefs fan or not, you can't say you don't like watching Patrick Mahomes. You can't you you, you can't just say that. Like you know, exactly. it's not true. Yeah. And then another big game between the Raiders and the Ravens. This one's going to strike to home. Christian, who do you got in this one? Um, I've got. 
the Raiders usually come out strong every season. So I've got the Raiders yeah. winning 28 to 25. Nice. Okay. Tommy, who do you got? Um, big Raiders guy. Um, <laughs> think the think the Raiders. I love Vegas. You know, I I'm a big Golden Knights guy, but come on. We we all know who uh the Raiders are playing. They're playing they're playing the greatest NFL team to ever be to ever come about <laughs> with the greatest quarterback to ever touch a pigskin. Uh so I've got Ravens. I, I I'm I'm being I'm gonna be humble here. I'm gonna be humble. But I have the Ravens thirty five uh twenty eight. I have them by just a just a touchdown on the Raiders. Um the Ravens, you know, injuries, but they do have uh the greatest quarterback of all time and one of the greatest coaches of all time. All jokes aside though, uh yeah, I have the Ravens beating them by a touchdown. Uh love but these are my two favorite teams. So I'm just looking forward to a good game. Nice. But and yep, great points, both of you all. But uh, I'm gonna go ahead and take the Raiders, and here's why I think it's gonna be a 31 to 23 game. Wow, in favor of the Raiders. And but this is why if if things were different, if the Ravens were healthy and even had half of the guys that they've lost to injuries lately, I'd take the Ravens every day, but because that they have new players coming on, learning new plays and everything. I think there's going to be a few adjustment issues and they're just going to do well, but not well enough to win the game. So I got the Raiders winning 31 to 23, but uh, that about wraps it up for uh, sports this week. Thank you guys for tuning in and uh, we're excited for week one of NFL football. Yes. If y'all couldn't tell how excited we were, uh, (laughs) Tommy, I'm going to hand it off to you for pop culture. So what do we got going on there? Going to be the quickest pop culture section we've probably ever had. Um, Two notable albums dropped uh, last night, late last night. And then uh, so as far as movies go, nothing huge has dropped. I think the card counter may come out this weekend. Um, But I know the card counter with Oscar Isaac, Ty Sheridan is coming out soon, which is a – Martin Scorsese produced film, which is exciting. Uh, but when that does come out, obviously you you guys will hear it first here on Hot This Week. But uh, Malignant. Malignant. So I know Malignant came out this weekend. It's a James Wan film. Insidious, The Conjuring. You know, put one of big big name horror films' greatest director because he does have some very good films. Um, have not seen Malignant yet just because I've heard the reviews aren't very good and I have been wrapped up in schoolwork. So the movies that I have to see now are either ones that are horrible, like He's All That, which <laughs> Tuesday. Oh, I was <laughs> literally very... about to ask, can we please review the movie? You know, <laughs> we, I promise that is coming and I am so pumped to review that. Uh, and then, Fastest! Uh, <laughs> and then... Um, so I either have time for movies that I just know are going to get us some views, uh, and then movies that are actually incredible like Candyman. So I have not seen Malignant. I probably won't, but if you're a fan of horror and you're a fan of James Wong, I hear this gives you a good film. So go see it. Thanks, Chris, for reminding me about Malignant. Um, but yes, the two notable albums are Baby Keem's The Melodic Blue and Casey Musgrave's. Um, and her album yes. is called Starcrossed. So Casey Musgraves, that's important because she won album of the year at the Grammys in 2019 for um, for Golden Hour. 
uh, which was an incredible album from start to finish. 13 songs, 46 minutes, all killer, no filler. So it's too, super, super good. Um, so Casey Musgraves, check it out. If you like country, if you like modern, not it's old country in a modern way. Yeah. Because modern country is not very good, but it's not modern country. It's old country, but it is performed in a modern way. And and, yeah. and you'll see what it's I like mean. It's like a pop. That. It's like a mixture of pop and country. I would say. Yes. Like. Yes. Yes. And then uh, the melodic blue. Baby Keem. I do not like Baby Keem. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Most underwhelming rapper out right now. Uh, if Kendrick Lamar is your cousin, there is no excuse to be a bad rapper. When <laughs> one of the greatest rappers of all time is your cousin and you're not a very good rapper like that, I guess it's ugh, it just makes me so angry. Like he just sounds so boring. He sounds like he's asleep on every track. Not a fan of the album. Not a fan of his work. Uh, he was decent and praise God. He has some funny lines and that's kind of satire. Um, so yeah, those are the two notable albums that came out. But uh, yeah, next Tuesday is going to be another ranking episode, and I wanted to be involved with the listeners, so we'll be asking some questions, seeing what you guys want us to rank. But I also have things in mind, so don't worry if you don't have any have a uh, any input. Um, so yeah, N- not much, not much going on for the rest of September. We do have Dear Evan Hansen, which I will be reviewing. The Card Counter, which I will be reviewing. He's all that, which will be oh my goodness, so much fun. And then. Uh, <laughs> Kind of September, but Venom. This is the start of the absolute powerhouse month of films of October. Uh, Venom is October 1st, so really September 30th. Because um, I, I might be able to get, see it early. Um, so, not much going on in September as far as films go. Uh, and, and to our knowledge, you know, music goes. But... Come, just get ready because it's the eye before the storm. Come October, there's going to be going to be nothing but absolute bangers dropping every single week. So, uh, yeah, that's what we got in pop culture. As always, you guys, Brandon Christian, you guys killed it. Loved hearing you guys talk about sports. I, I would do it all day. Wish, wish I could hear you guys talk about it all day. You guys <laughs> Thank know you, buddy. a lot. You guys know a lot about a lot, and that's pretty impressive. Uh, so makes for a good podcast. Uh, but guys, thank you as always for listening. We will see you uh, with at a normal schedule again um, this uh, Tuesday when we drop our pop culture section. Um, for, but for now, uh, my name is Thomas Hicks. And I'm Brandon Matula. Matula. You guys have a good night.